Well, hey, thanks so much for kicking off your weekend here with another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gamason. Hello, folks. Um, we're doing another edition of our Rolling Through Life series, and when I kind of quasi-ended it a little while ago, I said there could be additions, uh, and so this is one of them. I was reminded by one of my fellow um, disabled Americans that uh, very recently on July 26th, the Americans with Disability Act uh, celebrated its um, 27th year of existence. And so uh, Adam's going to start us out with our quote of the day, and then I'm going to talk about the ADA and then also a little bit about accessibility and how it affects us as disabled Americans and how it should, what it should motivate us as Christians to do. And our quote of the day is actually from George Bush giving a speech on the day this was passed. The Americans with Disabilities Act presents us with a historic opportunity. It signals the end to the unjustified segregation and exclusion of persons with disabilities from the mainstream of American life. As the Declaration of Independence has been a beacon for people all over the world seeking freedom, it is my hope that the Americans with Disabilities Act will likewise come to be a model for the choices and opportunities of future generations around the world. Um, and this was said by George W. Bush from the White House on July 26, 1990. And um, a little bit more about the Americans with Disabilities Act. It says the Americans with Disabilities Act, or the ADA, was signed into law on July 26, 1990 by President George H.W. Bush. The ADA is one of America's most comprehensive pieces of civil rights legislation that prohibits discrimination and guarantees that people with disabilities have the same opportunities as everyone else to participate in the mainstream of American life, to enjoy employment opportunities, to purchase goods and services, and to participate in state and local government programs and services. Modeled after the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, and national origin, in Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973, the ADA is, is an equal opportunity law for people with disabilities. Now, I would say that things have come a long way since 1990. I have opportunities that I know I wouldn't have been afforded by then. It's especially seen when they, re, when they remodel buildings. Because if businesses ever remodel for, since 1990, they've had to be handicapped accessible. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say I've had some adventures, <laughs> and there is a such thing as a minimum. And the sad thing about laws like this is sometimes the minimum is what is acceptable. And people don't realize how that can adversely affect us. Um, like one of my uh, strangest opportunities with accessibility came when I went several years ago to the St. Cecilia Music Society with my um, then uh, uh, sister-in-law-to-be and my brother uh, before they got married um, because I told them I would take them on the outing of their choice um, for Christmas, and they chose dueling panels as, at St. Cecilia. And so we went to that, and they had to bring me up um, stairs in a freight elevator around the back. So I kind of got a picture of what segregation might have been like in the 1960s. Now, I know part of the reason that is 
is because St. Cecilia's um, was a uh, old building and they didn't necessarily want to gut it to, to redo the accessibility. So I'm not going to sit here and aggressively complain about it. But it, it was a significant thing to me to to be thinking along those lines that, hey, this isn't fun. I'm sure it's not wasn't fun for those that were required to do it by discrimination. So I just want to go through a little bit of this stuff and talk candidly about some of my experiences. And the first thing on my list, as far as this goes, is parking lots. Parking lots are really interesting. I kind of alluded when I talked about 10 things that you should, shouldn't say someone in a wheelchair, or maybe you should, that, um, I, you know, one of the pet peeves of people is, um, or something, so it was something along the lines of, I was only going to park there for a minute when talking about handicap parking. And I just want to address that for a minute because, um, there was a picture that a friend of mine got take, had taken at, um, the Spectrum Health Garage downtown, Spectrum Health Parking Garage, where someone parked in the van access as a parking spot, uh, right next to a van with a, with a ramp. Now, if they were fortunate enough to have an able-bodied driver, that driver could back out of that spot and the person in the wheelchair could get in. But if it was a handicapped driver, which is just as feasible, that person would have had to wait until the person that parked in the van access got out of what they were doing before they would be able to get in their car. And that would not be fun, especially since I'm pretty sure that when the photo was posted, it was a winter day. So I just want to say, as far as accessibility goes, one of the things that's most important is to have those van access spots open. And even if you have a handicapped um, permit, if you don't have a van where you need to roll out a ramp, try to find a spot without van access. It's very important to people like myself to be able to get in and out of our cars safely in the parking lot. That's, that's another thing too, is like, it's not necessarily about wanting all this extra space that no one else gets. But if you get off on a van access spot, then nobody's going to pull, presumably, I mean, of course I actually shared a story where that happened, but presumably no one's going to pull in right next to you and get in your way. Um, but if you don't have the van access, there's always a greater possibility that someone could pull in and not see you or whatever the case may be. So please, I would just urge you to keep the van access spots open. Um, that's a very important thing. And then over the past few weeks, uh, my uncle and I have um, kind of done an in, informal tour of parks in West Michigan. And um, we've been to several of them. And I may try to list some on the, on the blog post uh, for this podcast. But um, we've seen varying levels of accessibility, um, and particularly as pertains to the to the uh, bathrooms in these public places. Some are better than others. And I actually was going to uh, potentially start a blog about um, about bathroom accessibility and call it something like Outhouses Around America or something like that. <laughs> but I wasn't sure if the aesthetic would be that great, so that particular emphasis of a blog didn't get off the ground. Um, I do have a travel um, and, you know, 
a travel blog that I haven't written in in quite a while that I may resurrect at some point. But it is um, significant that sometimes, as I think I've alluded to in past episodes, some of these places are like, well, we have this big handicapped restroom, we have all the space, now let's put a cupboard in it. Right. And all of a sudden, it's not handicapped accessible anymore. Or if you're in a bathroom and there's a bunch of stalls, try not to take the handicapped stall because if I have to be in a stall with myself and whoever is my attendant that day, um, and potentially if and when I have another service dog, I have a dog in there as well, that doesn't leave very much space even in the most spacious stalls. So if you take the big one when you don't need it, you, you're um, getting in the way of someone who could potentially need it. Um, and even if it's just for a moment, then um, just know that that does have an effect. Um, old buildings are a challenge. I think I said before on the Jobs podcast that I had an interview that I had to call off because I got to the building and there was no way to get in. And I don't pre-warn people that I'm in a wheelchair because I don't want their, you know, their brain moving in that direction before I even get a chance to, you know, see them in person. But that's definitely a, a consideration. Um, you know, it's interesting. He mentions in the parts that we read about um, uh, George W. George H. W. Bush making a statement about this law when he signed it into law. He mentions about having equal opportunities in employment. And I don't want to make this a complaint session, but I've been out of college for 11 years. And I have yet to uh, work full time. I, I, I feel like I have yet to be uh, employed to my full ability to be so. And I'm not blaming anyone in particular. I just feel like we still have quite a ways to go as far as getting to a place where we are um, letting people show their potential. Um, any job that I've had, um, I had to, I've had to modify, um, but that doesn't mean I can't do it. And I think that we need to be aware that accessibility, um, that that job availability is part of accessibility. One of the things that irritates me the most is when a, when an employment application says this is an equal opportunity employer, we do not discriminate it on the basis of such and such. But basically, in a sense, all the ADA did was make them required to put that statement in. Mm. Um, another thing is the the reasonable accommodation clause because they'll say, "Can you do this job with reasonable accommodation?" But guess who gets to decide who the reasonable accommodation is? It's the employer, not me. You know, uh, it's the employer that decides that. And there was a particular job at a Christian bookstore that I wanted for years. But um, I'm pretty sure that one of the reasons they never gave me a chance was because they didn't want to make the reasonable accommodations that would have been necessary for me to do the job. So I'm just speaking... um, candidly and honestly here and then sporting events is another place where accessibility is an interesting challenge um and i've shared a little bit about that in the past so i won't go into a a big deal here but just 
Um, so you know that if you are in the Van Andel Arena or one of the other uh, sporting venues here in town, uh, if you can at all use the steps instead of the elevator, that is helpful. I know there have been times when I've been at the Van Andel where I've waited a long time for an elevator because they've been full of standing people that can walk. Granted, elevators, I'm sure, are a little more fun than walking up and down the stairs, but it really is helpful um, to us as disabled individuals when people leave um, the elevators free free of uh, uh, free and open for us. And I really think as we talk about this accessibility issue, the thing that always boggles my mind about accessibility is, Adam, if you're building a house or or if you go to a house and it's accessible, like if it, like if someone can get in on the ground level, particularly not even ramped, but if it's built ground level, yeah, like I've been to a couple houses like that. Um, my brother Phillips in Texas being one, and then we have friends that we used to go to church that built their house that way. When you do that, it's such an encouragement to people mm-hmm. with disabilities because they don't have to worry about navigating any ramps. And plus, if those houses go on the market, then people like myself um, who who uh, are shopping for a house have options. But so does a person like you. Or a, a place like that would be a place where potentially someone like you and someone like me could be roommates because we could both get in. So when you make it accessible, you're making it available to everyone. So I just think that the general rule of thumb should be to think about accessibility because you're opening up your um, venue or whatever you're doing. You're opening it up to a whole lot more possibilities. Just like when you are... Um, when you're going through an interview process, you're opening up to a whole lot more possibilities when you do your best to look past the chair and and see the person. And the tricky thing is it's hard to know whether they are. I mean, I don't think that there's a lot of overt discrimination to where I can say this person totally discriminated against me um, because I was disabled. But I do think there is um, incidental discrimination that happens because people are afraid of what they don't know. Um, you know, it was, it really hurt uh, a few years ago, um, to hear that, um, a certain employer who I will not name, um, could not afford to give me insurance and then find out that another new employee came on board and they gave her insurance, Mm. you know? So then at that point, it's not about, um, whether you can afford to insure me. It's about your fears about whether I should be insurable. And that's a conversation we should have had, not making some excuse about not being able to do it. And so that's just one of those things. And I kind of feel like I'm retreading a little bit. But I just wanted to bring attention to the ADA because it is a 27th anniversary. I want to thank um, President Bush for signing that legislation. I think it was important. I think it was... The thing is, part of me, you know, some people say, well, if we didn't have any discrimination laws, then the free market could determine um, whether people stayed in business. If you didn't make your thing accessible, then I couldn't patronize you, so you should go out of business just because I can't patronize you. But it doesn't often work that way. And sometimes we need these legislations just so that we're thinking in a way that that we weren't thinking before. And so I'm thankful for it because of that. 
And I just think about how the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Um, there's no uh, uh, obstacle standing in my way of being a believer in Jesus Christ. And I think about God's plan for mankind. And as I wrap up this podcast, which is very personal in nature, um, I, I want to share this uh, some verses with you. But first, I'd like to get your perspective, Adam, on some of the stuff that I've talked about today, just from an outsider's perspective. Well, first off, I mean, A, thank you for being transparent and opening up about the issues you go through every day. Because being totally real, someone like myself who doesn't have to have that in daily life, I, I might not even think twice about it. So honestly, thank you. Um, I think it's good to talk about this because there's not a lot of awareness. I think since that that ACA or ADA passed 27 years ago, there's been a lot more awareness since that with things being uh, reconstructed and, and made uh, for people with disability. But what is good about this is I think it's so easy for us to see what's going on on the outside, but we don't get to hear what's going on on the inside. And that's what's so great about this because, you know, I want people to know that, you know, you are, we're friends. So you're a person just like me, you know, I, I don't see anything different if you want the truth. I mean, yes, you're in a wheelchair, but you can still live life. You're still rocking it, to be honest. Uh, you're doing the podcast. You're, you're working. You're living life. You just have to do it a little bit differently. So I think it's awesome when we can get an insight into what you go through in daily life because it brings awareness. Um, it, it, it fills in the gaps where maybe we don't even think about it. And it allows us to know that, and I don't mean to say this in a bad way, but it reminds us that you're still a person. And I think that sometimes that can get lost. So I, I think it's good. I think there, you can never have too much awareness about needs for anybody. And no, I, I, I appreciate that you said that there, because I think, I, I think that's, that's something that I have, I, uh, I have noticed, mm -hmm. you know, like for instance, when I worked, um, in a call center environment, um, I worked mostly with, uh, young ladies and they would talk about relationship issues and things like that. And, um, I think sometimes they talked in a way that said that they didn't necessarily realize that I would have the same desires, the same goals, the same, everything that they would just yeah. because it looks a little different mm -hmm. because I'm in a wheelchair. And I'm not saying that in a bad way at all. I'm just saying that that's one of my biggest things is, is see me as a person. Don't see me as anything different than that. Why would I pursue this? Whatever it may be, whether it's, a, whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, I would pursue it because I'm a person that wants those things that every other red blooded American wants. And so I think that's an important thing. All right. And along those lines about um, personhood being so important and how I, I had just said that, the biggest thing I, I want, and I'm sure other people in my community uh, of disabled American wants, is to be treated like a person. I just wanted to share in closing um, these verses from Genesis chapter 1, which are, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every create every creeping thing, that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And this verse conveys 
that God created all of us in his image. It wasn't just the perfect ones. It wasn't just the athletic ones. It wasn't just the good-looking ones. It was everybody. God had a purpose for everyone. And so um, I hope that you've enjoyed this this podcast episode. And I hope that you'll share these episodes with other people so they can be an encouragement to them as well and so that we can um, really uh, begin even more so treating everyone equally because God created us um, the way that he wanted us for a reason. We will hopefully be back in a, in a few weeks to months, depending on how long it takes us to get a hold of the movie, to review Me Before You. Um, and we will have more great episodes um, between now and then um, in the coming weeks. So with that, I will just say thank you very much for enjoying the show. Make sure you share it with anyone who you think could be benefited by it. And let us know if you would like any copies on CD, but you can download them free from the website yourself. So just keep that in mind. I hope that you have a great weekend and keep serving the best masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.